Welcome to the podcast of Vertical Life Church. We hope and pray these messages encourage and challenge you to find your glorious purpose in Christ Jesus. For more information, visit us on the web at www.vlchurch.tv. I'm thankful for you, but it's .tv, not .org. We don't want to give money to the Mormons. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, vlchurch.tv forward slash give. Um, but uh, real quickly, a couple things um, I just want to share with you in, in my time of prayer this morning before we even um, open the doors for the church. I just, um, the Lord directed me to Isaiah 21, talking about being a watchman on the wall. And I just feel like the Lord told me to uh, just declare what I saw in a, in a vision. The Lord showed me the, the flag of Israel. We know there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, but as I'm seeing the flag like cover the nation of Israel, I was seeing this uh, kind of shadowy figure on a black horse r- racing towards Israel, but he was looking back as if in a frantic, and he was like shooting a gun back behind him like something was coming for him. And then in a moment, he like shot this harpoon thing towards the city, towards the Temple Mount, and just launched into the city. And I was asking the Lord, okay, what does this mean? What, what are you trying to communicate? And I remember there's horses in the book of Revelation. And so I flipped over to Revelation, and the black horse represents economic turmoil, that, that in the last days there'll be major economic turmoil. And so I just believe the, the Lord was showing me this to call the church to pray. How many of you know there's power in prayer? And that when, when God gives revelation, that doesn't mean these things are going to happen if, in fact, the church rises up to the occasion of praise and intercession. And so I'm not saying that there is going to be something that's taking place, but I am saying there could very well be something taking place in the near future that causes economic devastation, not just to Israel, God's people, but also trickles out into the rest of the world. And so I want to call us in just a minute to pray, and I want to encourage you to continue to pray. If you're not praying for Israel, you need to make that part of your prayer every day until peace comes to Jerusalem, Okay. This is, a, this is a deal. We can read all through the Bible, the New Testament. Um, Israel is the center focus of the last days and the return of Jesus. So anything that applies to Israel is important for the church of God to be praying and interceding for. Um, but uh, quickly, just to kind of um, set the stage for what we may expect and kind of how we want to proceed, I just felt like the Lord this week wanted me to give some pastoral guidance. You know, the, the Bible says not to quench the Holy Spirit, and we don't want to do that. Um, We want to operate and move and be led as he leads us. But within that, God has also given us guidelines to follow to to ensure that everything's done is done decently and in order and that equips, strengthens, and builds everyone up. And and so if uh, if you want to learn more about this, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're not going to look at that this morning. But all of this comes right from that chapter in the Bible. And I would encourage you for the next several weeks, if you have a Bible, bring it with you. I don't know what I'm going to be talking about, so we're going to be flipping on the fly, and you want to have something with you. Reese will be able to put some verses on the screen, but, but you'll want to have a, a copy of the scriptures with you. But in 1 Corinthians 14, the, you know, we see the manifestations of the Spirit, and when the Spirit moves in and among people, it can be kind of jarring. It can be weird. How many of you know that when supernatural things happen, it's not natural? So unnatural things are weird, right? And if you're not used to... God moving in a supernatural way, that can be kind of jarring to you. And so what we want to do is conduct ourselves in the best possible manner so that even if weird things are happening, we're not weirded out. Does that make sense? 
So we, what we want to do, and Paul encourages us to be conscious of who's in the room, and we want to minister to everyone in the room, whether they've been around it for a while or they've not been around it at all. We want to encourage the mature, but also be there to comfort the immature in the Lord. And so here's what we're going to ask. We're going to ask that there be no spontaneous eruptions, either in words or in tongues. If God's given you this, the gift of tongues, um, the Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. What's that mean? It means when the Holy Spirit's upon you, you're still in control. That he's not going to move in you in a way where you're out of control. And so we ask that there not be any spontaneous e eruptions. If God's working in you and moving in you, we want to create an atmosphere where he continues to do that. But the, the idea is this, that we're wanting to not draw attention to ourselves. We want to draw attention to Jesus Christ. And so anything the Spirit does, that's his goal, is to glorify his Son, is to glorify Jesus. And so if the Spirit is moving on you and through you, we want to make sure the attention goes to Jesus and not ourselves. Um, we have a prophetic team that's been seeking the gift of prophecy, that has been walking this gift out. They've gone through classes and training on how to build the culture that we want to build here at Vertical Life Church. And so at any time during, during the morning and in the days to come, our team will be able to come up here and give a word. We recognize that not that everyone has, the, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to prophesy. But our uh, goal here is to continue to guide the environment and create a, a culture here that God would have us to create. So if you're not on that team, you're not permitted to come up and speak at will. What you will need to do is confer with either Chris or Spencer uh, what God is laying on your heart. And they're going to weigh the, weigh the word as the Bible declares. We're going to weigh whether it's biblical and whether it's beneficial. If it doesn't violate God's word and it's biblical and it's beneficial, which means it brings comfort, consolation, or encouragement, which is what scripture tells us the prophecy is for, then we'll set aside a time where you'll be able to release that word. If at any time they feel uneasy about whether the, there's an appropriateness of the word, we're going to kindly ask you to not give that word, and then we'll pray through that together. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, if you have a tongue, if the Spirit of God is upon you and you're speaking in tongues and, and you just feel an impression that, man, there's something that God's trying to say, I'm going to encourage you to do what Paul encourages the church in 1 Corinthians 14, and that's to pray that God would give you the interpretation or God would raise up others around you with the interpretation because it's more important we know what's being said than that we hear you speak something no one can understand. Because, again, it's about the whole church being edified, built up, and strengthened, not the individual's gifting being on display. And, and so we'd encourage you that way. Um, again, we're highlighting Jesus, not our individual, um, you know, abilities or what God has done. And so um, we would just in, in encourage you um, like that. Uh, we're going to welcome the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're, I'm going to pray, and we're just going to invite God. We're going to start with a song. How many of you know that the Bible says when the praises of God from his people go up, the presence of God comes down? And so we're going to do this by welcoming the Holy Spirit. And we're going to encourage you to remain in an attitude of prayer, in an attitude of worship, an attitude of expectancy, because God is here, and God is going to move. And our prayer is that God moves in every one of us and upon every one of us. Um, we're going to let him lead. Like I said, I don't have a message prepared. I'm going to wait on the Lord to download what he wants to share. Uh, we've got uh, our prophetic team is already seeking the Lord and what God would have him to say. But we're just going to let God guide. If you, if you feel like there's a, something that you'd like to come up and pray for, come and see Chris or Spencer and share that with them. And they'll, we'll provide you opportunity to pray.
but this is what the church is for. At the end of 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, when you come together, someone has a song, someone has a prayer, someone has a word, someone has a tongue. This is the time the church gets together, the church exercises the gifts, and the church is built up and strengthened, filled with the Spirit. So when the church leaves the gathering, we're on fire, and we light the community up that we live in. And so that, that's our prayers. We're seeking God. This is revival fire. This is our encouragement. This is our desire, God, to be renewed, to be strengthened, to be revived. God, that just as they prayed in Acts 4, that, that you would extend your hand with healing, that you would confirm the message of Jesus with signs, wonders, and miracles at the preaching of the kingdom. God, we believe we're living in the kingdom of God now that the kingdom of God is here because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, and so we have come proclaiming the kingdom. We've come proclaiming the good news. We've come united in the death of Christ, in the blood that he shed, and in his glorious resurrection. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you here and your ministry. God, we say, have your way. You're the shepherd. You're the leader. You're the teacher. God, we ask you for a fresh word today. We ask you for a fresh anointing. We ask you to shake the foundation of this place like you did in Acts 4, where they all left in boldness, proclaiming Jesus as Messiah. God, as we sing and as we worship, Lord, we ask you to begin drawing our hearts in. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a mind that understands, and a heart that can believe and receive all that you have. And Lord, we're waiting on you. We are waiting on you. If you agree, say amen. And let's stand and let's invite the Lord in.
let's just pray a prayer in your own words to the Lord, our desperation for him. God, we know that you're all that we need. Lord, we are desperate for you. Remind us of our desperation for you. repent of everything that we've turned to this week to try to fill the space that only you can fill. God, we know our need for you. And we know that in you is the fullness of joy. The fullness of peace. God, how we long for peace. Our completion is found in you.
to this time where we just wait to see what the Lord would have us do next. You can take a seat if you'd like. You can come up here and pray. And like Pastor Joey said, we just ask that you'd stay in an attitude of prayer to see where the Spirit may direct you. Speak. 
just waiting on the Lord. Revelation 9 and 10, we all know, but there's verses before that I want to just recite to you back out in, in the Word. It says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride is made ready for Him. And it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright clean, and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Verse 9 says, Then he said to me, Write, write down, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are true words of God. And then I fell at the feet to worship him, but he said to me, Do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I feel like the Lord has shared with me through this is that he is preparing his church. As we come together today in worship, we are in preparation for a, for a bride, for the groom. And I just want to encourage you all, lean in this morning, no matter where you're at, prepare yourself before the Lord and worship him. As we, as we continue to do that this morning. And prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. It's the good news that saves us. It's the things that he has done for us in and through us. I just want to encourage you, if you have a word today that would encourage the church, such as a testimony of God's faithfulness, because God is always faithful and God is always good, I would encourage you to do so, because testimony is strong. God is just is so awesome. I just want to encourage you that with that today. Um, I believe I have a message from the Lord, but before we get into that, does anyone on our prophetic team have anything they would like to share? Okay. Well, I appreciate those words, Chris, because I feel like this is how the Holy Spirit wants to get us started, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's all about Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and this is, a, this is a new experience for me, and I appreciate your grace and your patience, and I'm just, I love the Lord with all my heart. This week, I'm telling you, has just been a different week for me uh, in my time alone with the Lord. And uh, uh, Reese, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 41, chapter 42, uh, the whole, you can pull up the whole thing, and we'll, I'll tell you what scriptures we're going to be in. We're going to break it apart, and then we're going to end in Luke chapter 4 verses 16 through 21, um, and I'll, I'll cue you again for that, but uh, I'm going to ask my wife to continue to play softly, um, and just pray for strength for her fingers, because I don't know how long we're going to go, but 
Um, there's just something about the worship of the Lord that sets the atmosphere for the Spirit of God to move. If in the Old Testament, David was called in to minister to King Saul just by playing music. And as he played worship unto the Lord, the demonic spirits that were troubling him were put to rest. And so if, uh, if David's harp, and antique harp, can cast out demons, then, then a highly advanced technical keyboard with an anointed woman is going to call down fire from heaven. And uh, so, God, I just thank you for this word. Lord, it just has been, it's been prayed. God, we're here for you. We're here to hear from you. And so, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you, God, that you are going to impart faith in the room today. You are imparting faith in the room. And, and crazy faith. That's just, it's in my heart. That the same faith that David had that said, I don't care how undignified I look to the world because it's for you, it's worth it. So I don't care about the criticisms of men. I don't care about the impressions of other people. I don't care what people think about me. My heart is singularly, singularly focused and sold out to you. And, and God, that's our heart this morning. And that's how we want to be. God, we're, we're tired of being like seed that's choked out by the cares and worries of the world. We're ready to be a church on fire. So God, we ask you to speak. I, God, I pray that the words are spoken. God, I'm coming in weakness and trembling because my desire is for your spirit to confirm the word. They don't need to hear wise words from me. They need to have an encounter with your Holy Spirit because that's the only thing that's going to carry them on when they're hurting, when they're broken, when they're struggling for faith, when they don't know what's coming in the world, when their life's falling apart, the only thing that they can hold on to is the promises of your word and the movement of God in their lives. So, Lord, we ask you just to take this moment. Guide. Don't let me misunderstand, misinterpret, mistranslate. Lord, I just pray that everything is done honors you, that your seed finds good soil and produces good fruit. And Jesus is glorified in the name of the Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, Isaiah 41, 42. As the Lord was speaking to me, he just, I just saw that in my mind as a picture. Isaiah 41 and 42. And I began to turn there and ask the Lord, okay, what? There's a lot of stuff in here. There's a lot of stuff. And, and I didn't think of this in the moment, but this is actually a passage of Scripture that matters a lot to me had made a huge difference in my life. And a moment where I thought my life was falling apart, this is the word I needed. This is the word God gave me eight years ago when I was sobbing and crying on the floor in my living room, thinking my life and everything in it was unraveling. And so I just believe that God has faith for someone here today that's in that place. I don't care how great your smile looks this morning. It is the fakest thing that you've put on your body today. God sees through it, and this word is for you. It's for you. God is speaking to you. This is a word from the Lord to you. And in Isaiah 41 through 42, this is how the Bible begins. This is Isaiah chapter 41. And, and how many of you know, just before we get into this, in Christ Jesus, Paul tells us in Corinthians, that in Galatians, all God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus. That means everything he promised before applies to us through the ministry of Christ. How many of you believe that? How many of you also know that, that we are told that we are Abraham's seed because we believe in faith? Like those who place their faith and trust in Christ have become the children of Abraham. 
That's why uh, years ago in, in Sunday school, they used to teach us a song. Father Abraham had many sons. You know, and all those of you that can sing that song, you're old. I'm just going to tell you. You're old. You know what tapes are. That's how old you are. Right? You know how to rewind the tapes. You get the pencil in and you like turn the thing. Yeah, you know, we're tracking together. Those that have no idea what we're talking about, just hang in there. Just believe me. Just trust that I'm telling you the truth. But we are the children of Abraham. Why? Because Abraham believed God and it was counted for him as righteousness. None righteous, no, not one. All have sinned, all have fallen short. But faith accesses the grace we need to be saved and to be redeemed. And if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, you are a child of Abraham. So what we're getting ready to read is a promise made to the nation of Israel in a time that they were on the struggle bus that they were not only in rebellion, but they were experiencing problems with surrounding nations and their enemies. And God begins this chapter, he begins this by, by telling them, who is your God? Let me tell you who your God is. How many of you know that when you lose track of who God is in your life, everything else falls apart? Read Romans chapter 1. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They began to worship things they shouldn't have worshipped, and they began doing things they should never have been done, and destruction followed. The moment you change the truth of God, everything else begins to unravel in your life. And so here's how he begins chapter 41. He says, Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. So this is an encouragement to the people of God. Like, look, there's a strengthening for you in this. There's a building up for you in this. I'm preparing you for something that God wants to do in your life. Verse 2. He says, who stirred up the one from the east whom victory meets at every step? He gives up nations before him so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like the dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely. By paths his feet have not trod. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and the last, I am he. What is he saying? He's saying, who is the unstoppable force that no one can stand against? It's me, and I'm God. Anything going on in your life is nothing compared to the glory and power of God. Nothing. Not, nothing pales in comparison. Not, nothing equates to the magnitude of God's strength and God's ability to do the impossible. And so this is the first call to us. If you're wavering in your faith, if you're struggling to get connected to God, if there's something going on in your life, you better stop, take a breath, and recognize who God is. He is King of kings, Lord of lords. He is the first, and he is the last. So it means he was there before you breathed your first breath. He's going to be long after you died, and he's in control of it all. He's in control of what's in between. This is our God. Verse 5, the coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and come, and everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, be strong. The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith, and he who smooths with the hammer, him who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, it is good, and they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. What Isaiah is writing here is that there's a response of people who are unbelievers. There's a response of people who don't know who their God is. This is how they respond. Everyone does what they can do in their own strength, in their own ability, creating everything that they can think of that's good in their own sight to, to, 
to give them stability and security. That's what he says. He says they strengthen it with nails so it cannot be moved. How many of you know it's a foolish errand to think that you can do what only God can do? How many cities have been wiped out in a moment because God breathed on the waves? How many tornadoes have ripped through magnificent neighborhoods that we thought could not be touched? The Titanic was said to be unsinkable. God sneezed and it sunk. I'm telling you, you got to know who your God is or you're going to trust in things that are going to leave you wanting. This is how unbelievers respond. Oh, to struggle, to problems. Man, I'll just manage it my own strength. I'll just scheme more. I'll just plan better. I'll find a group of people that, that I can consort with. But that's not how the people of God respond. Verses 5 through 10, Isaiah begins to describe who we are as the people of God. You need to know not only who God is, but you need to know who you are. And, and this is the passage of Scripture that, that gripped my, my heart. As he goes on, beginning in, in verse 8, he says, But you, Israel, are who? You are my servant. So the world rejects me. The world goes their own way, but not you. You're, you're my servant. Jacob, you're the one I've chosen. How many of you know that you are the chosen of God? The God who created everything, who owns it all, who allows people to either believe and trust or go their own way, he has chosen you. Why? Because you trust him. You've placed your faith and trust in him. And here's what he says. I took you from the ends of the earth, which means it doesn't matter where you've been or where you've gone. God brought you here because that was his will. He sought you out. He pursued your heart. He brought you together. You are the offspring of Abraham, my friend, the friend of God. God called you. God saw you. You responded in faith, and now you have relationship with Almighty God. You are His friend. And I took you from the ends of the earth. I called you from its farthest corners in the deep, depth, darkest place you've ever been in the midst of your struggle when you made the greatest mistake, when you had the greatest failure. God was right there in it. And He's like, uh-uh, you're coming back. I'm drawing you back. This is, not, this is not meant for you. It might be for others who have gone their own way, but it's not meant for you. Why? Because you're my servant. You're my friend. I'm calling you out of it. I'm calling you out of that dark place. You're my servant. I've chosen you, and I've not cast you off. This was the moment when I was in my lowest moment. I was in my living room sobbing on the floor. The Lord spoke this verse to my heart, and in the New Living Translation, that's the, the version I was reading, it says, I have called you, I've chosen you, and I've not thrown you away. I've not cast you off. We feel like when we've made mistakes, when we go through struggles and trials in this life, that we're no good, that God doesn't love us anymore, God can't use us anymore, that we've wasted our opportunities. But God says, not so for my beloved. Not so. You have a calling on your life. You, you've been called by God. You are a friend of God. I've called you out of it. I've not thrown you back into it. So verse 10, fear not, because I'm with you. Fear not, I'm with you. Here are the benefits of those who trust in the Lord. Fear not, I'm with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Who needs strength this morning? 
I will help you. Who needs help this morning? I will uphold you. Who needs to be upheld this morning? God's going to do it by his righteous right hand. Wow. God's going to do this. But that doesn't mean we're not going to face obstacles. That doesn't mean that things aren't going to come against us. He continues. He said, behold, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. If you belong to God, then that means his enemies are your enemies. And his enemies are going to come after you. But what does God say? He says, I'm with you. And those who are coming against you are going to be confounded. They're going to be put to nothing. They're going to be ashamed. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. Those who seek to contend with you, to fight with you, to rail against you. you know, but you what? You'll, you shall not find them. They're not sticking around. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. I am leading you like a father leads a child. I'm going out before you. And it doesn't matter how scary it is. When you're with daddy, you're safe. It doesn't matter what's coming against you. When dad's at your side and your dad is the king of glory, you're okay. And you're going to be okay. I'm the one who helps you. Fear not. You worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. And you shall winnow them, and the wind shall carry them away, your enemies. And the tempest shall scatter them, and you shall rejoice in the Lord. In the Holy One of Israel, you shall glory. What's promised to the believer, to the friend of God, is victory. It's victory. You might be in the battle, you might be in the midst of it, but there is a victory coming. There is overwhelming victory for those who are in Christ Jesus. There, we are more than conquerors for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is a victory coming. The difficulty is staying in the mix until the victory comes. This is where God wants to increase your faith, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to help you keep holding on to his right hand. Keep going, keep following, keep trusting. Because you're going to make it. You're going to get through it. And God doesn't declare a word without confirming his word. And he goes on in verses 17 through 20 to prove how he's God. He says, when the poor and needy seek water and there isn't any, and their tongue is parched with thirst, I, the Lord, answered them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I'm going to make things happen where it seems impossible. How many of you need a miracle this morning? I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will put in the wilderness the cedar, the acacia, the myrtle, the olive, and I will set in the desert places where, where fruit and trees and vegetation can't grow. When things look dry and things look dead, how many of you are in a place where it feels like your relationship is dead, your future is dead, there are dry places in your life? God says, it's in that place I'm going to show up. In that place, I'm going to plant trees you never thought could grow. I'm going to do things in that place of desert land that you never thought possible. And when you see it, woo! When you see it, I'll set in the desert the cypress and the plain and the pine together that they may see 
and know. They may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. Why does God move in powerful ways? Because he wants you to know he is who he said he is. And he's faithful. And you can trust him. He's going to deliver you. He's going to help you win the victory. And he's going to do it in a way you could never do it for yourself. But the thing about the world and the thing about our lives, and there's a scripture that I've been meditating on this week about sowing seed, and one of the seeds are sown into soil that produces thorns and thistles. And Jesus said that represents the cares of this world. There are a lot of seeds being sown in your life. There are a lot of crops being sown in your life and in your heart, and it's not just good seed that that is able to grow if you don't cultivate the soil. And what happens to a lot of us is we begin to allow other seed begin to germinate because we're not taking care of the soil. And the Proverbs even says, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. If you don't guard your heart, you don't guard what seeds are coming in, you're not going to appreciate what's beginning to grow up and manifest in your life. So guard your heart. In verse 21, we see that there are some that will choose not to trust in the God of the impossible. They'll choose to trust in other things. He says, set forth your case, says the Lord. Bring your proof, says the king of Jacob. He's speaking to those who would doubt his word, who would doubt who he is. He says, let them bring them and tell us what is to happen. He's talking about false idols, things that we trust in, that we seek to for comfort, for for wisdom, for direction. He's saying, tell us the former things, what, what they are that we may consider them. I mean, tell us what came from the past, you idols, that we may know their outcome, or declare us the things to come, that we may foresee what is coming. He says, tell us what is to come hereafter, that we may know that you are gods. Do good or do harm, that we may be dismayed and terrified. He's like, if, if these gods are really what you need in your life, let them prove it. Let them prove it. But to this day, according to the history of the world, no false god has been able to do what only God can do. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He overpromises and underproduces every time. Every time. Tell us what is to come, he says. Verse 24, behold, you are nothing. Your work is less than nothing. An abomination is he who chooses you. That you, you are the opposite of what God wants or what God desires if you choose to trust in anything but God. If you trust in your identity, if you trust in your philosophy, if you trust in your wisdom, your smarts, your education, if you trust in anything but the Lord. Verse 25, he says, so I stirred up one from the north. There is one coming to defeat every false god. He says, I stirred up one from the north, and he has come from the rising of the sun, and he shall call upon my name. He shall trample on the rulers as mortar, as the potters tread clay. Who declared it from the beginning that we might know, and beforehand that we might say, He is right. There is none who declared it, none who proclaimed, none who heard your words. I was the first to say in Zion, Behold, there they are, and I give to Jerusalem a herald of good news. How many of you know the gospel is good news? 
There is good news that's being proclaimed from one side of the earth to the other since the, the 2,000 years ago, that moment that changed the world forever. There is a heralding of good news, and God is the one who initiated it, and he continues to proclaim it across the world. He says, when I looked, there was none. Among there's no counselor. Who then, I ask, give an answer. Behold, all these gods are a delusion. Their works are nothing. Their metal images are empty wind. But there is a heralding of good news. In chapter 42, he continues. It's one string of consciousness. He says, here's the good news. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold. My chosen, in whom my soul delights. I've put my spirit upon him. There's one coming. There's one coming. And his spirit is upon him, and he'll bring justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he'll not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench, which means those who are weak, those who are outcast, those who are barely hanging on, he's not coming to trample them. He's coming to trample the ones who have been trampling them. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he's established justice in the earth. Woo! There's a day coming. And the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it. I am the Lord, and I've called you in righteousness, and I'll take you by the hand and keep you, and I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison who sits in darkness. I am the Lord, and that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carve idols. The former things have come to pass, and behold, new things I now declare. How many of you believe new things are coming? New things I declare, they will spring forth, and I tell you of them. Man, there is, there is one who's coming, who's got power in his hands, who's anointed to do mighty things, who's going to come against everything that's come against us, who comes against every false way, who breaks down every stronghold until justice, the righteousness of God, and the glory of God fills the earth. What a day that's going to be. And that's a promise that there is one coming, that there is someone coming to deliver you. There's someone coming to deliver you out of the bondage, the struggle, the depression, the strife. There is one who's coming, and it's already been before ordained. That's what he said. I've, de I've declared the end from the beginning. He's already prophesied and proclaimed that your deliverance is coming. And there's one coming to do this. And what's the, what's the response of the people of God as they're hearing this declaration about this mighty Savior? If we continue to read in, in verse 10, it begins to cry out in praise. The Israelites begin to sing to the Lord, to, to praise the Lord. It says, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that fills it, let coastlands and their inhabitations, let the desert and the cities lift up their voice. The villages of Kedar inhabitants, let the inhabitants of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. When you recognize what God has done, when you recognize what God is doing, when you recognize what God has promised was on the way for you, the response is adoration, praise, and glory to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is the natural response. Why? Because God is faithful and he will do it. It's coming. 
it's coming for you. And so the question to us today is, who is the one that's been anointed? Who is the one that's going to make this happen? Who's the one that God's going to send to deliver us from our bondage? And it's found in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21, as Jesus has gone into his synagogue one day to teach as was his custom, he opens the scroll of Isaiah. And you know he's not just figuring out where he's being, he's going to read. The Spirit of God is leading him to Isaiah chapter 42 and 41. And he opens the scroll and he finds the place where it's written in verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I love this. This is epic. This is a massive mic drop moment. If you can picture Jesus in front of all these religious guys that, that have no idea what's really happening in the moment, it says he rolls up the scroll, gives it back to the attendant, and he sits down, and he looks to them as they're all looking at him in bewilderment and amazement, and he begins to to say today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing i've come i've come that you might have life and life more abundantly believe beloved there is someone you can trust there is someone you can put your faith in who's going to break every chain who's going to tear down every stronghold who's going to open your blind eyes open your deaf ears there is one you can trust to resurrect your marriage to resurrect your relationship with your wayward kids to resurrect the hope that you lost when you made that mistake there is one you can trust and the spirit of the lord was anointed upon him and he poured that spirit out in acts chapter two that all who believe can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and God's work was at power then releasing those oppressed by the devil and God's still working still mighty still confirming still setting people free still delivering from bondage still healing he's still doing the work and he wants to do that work in you today the question is is do you trust him where's your faith Where's your faith? Oh, but they said on the news I needed to go get the shot, okay? Maybe you do. But who are you trusting? Oh, but man, if we just wear that mask, okay. But who are you believing? Oh, man, six feet apart. That's the first in all of history, but man. Serve a God who says you lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. That life and death are in the power of the tongue. And when we open our mouths, we release the healing power of God. I serve a God that says he's with me, watching over me. And wherever he leads me, surely his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Who are you trusting in? Who do you seek? To be your rescuer, the government? I'm pretty sure they don't serve the same God I serve. Just turn on the news. Who are you trusting in? I truly believe that until we're at that point where we are unashamed and we are unhindered, 
and we don't care what's going on around us. And we're trusting in God's word and being led by God's spirit that we have a long way to go. And I just believe that today God wants to unlock some closed hearts. God wants to unlock some cold faith. God wants to unlock some doubts, some criticism. God wants to break some strongholds in people's lives, man. There, there is a movement happening across the world. I just, I feel it in my gut that God is doing something in the church in this day. He's raising up the body of Christ. He's pouring out his spirit for a last day's revival. I don't know when the end is coming, but it looks like it's pretty dang close. And God is pouring out his spirit, and I want to be on every wave that he pours out. I want to be included in everything that he wants to do. And I just believe that that is his call for us, is to let go of all the worries, all the fears, all the things that we've been letting quench the spirit of God in our life. And it's time to say, God, here I am, send me. Here I am, use me. I don't care what it looks like. Every giant's going to fall in Jesus' name. I don't care what they're bringing against me, God. Every victory is mine in Jesus' name. I don't care how many days in prison that I have to spend. You've opened doors with angels before. You'll open them again. I don't care how many lions I face. The lions are silenced in the name of Jesus. I don't care how hot the furnace is because when the fourth man is in the fire, I come out unsinged, unheard, un, un, untouched in Jesus' name. I don't care because ultimately for me to live is Christ and to die is even better. So if they take my life, praise God, I'm going to glory. Praise God. Praise God in this place. Father God, I just want to prophesy over your church that the days of cold, dead religion are over. The days of compromising and playing with culture are over. God, we will be a people of the word. We will be a people who walk in the spirit. We will be a people who are concerned with sowing seed and watching fruit grow. God, we are concerned not with what's happening out there, but what's happening in the heavenlies because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the unseen world. And God, when you sent Jesus to the earth, when he died on that cross, when his blood was shed, you conquered hell, you you unhinged and you dismantled and disarmed the enemy kingdom. And when, when you rose from the grave, you rose with the keys of the kingdom with all power, authority in the heavenly place, God. And so we place our faith and trust in you, in the gospel, and in that message, Lord. And we just proclaim that over every stronghold, every, every struggle that is at work in this place, every lie and poisonous dart the enemy has been throwing, every which way he's quenched the spirit, every seed of doubt and insecurity and fear. God, I just, I feel it right now. There is a cold rush going over the room right now because there is a battle happening for faith in this room right now. And so, enemy, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. And we say, get the heck out. You're not welcome here. And Holy Spirit, I just ask you now as you do your releasing work, that you begin unlocking prison doors right now right now right now right now god we thank you for speaking we thank you for moving we thank you for working we thank you for confirming the word we thank you lord in the name of jesus 
in the name of Jesus. We're going to enter a time of response as Tony begins to lead us in this next song. The altar is going to be open. I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. If God has spoken to you and the Spirit is moving in you, you just come and you lay your feet down and we're going to pray over you. If there are some things that you need to confess that have been choking out His presence in your life, you come and you just get rid of that stuff. It's not shameful to struggle, but the enemy's going to keep beating you down if you hold on to it. Jesus said, if you walk in the light, the darkness will not overtake you. you. So you come and you cast your burdens at his feet. And you release that. And you let the brothers and sisters in Christ, your faith family, pray the prayer of faith so that you can be healed of that thing. If you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's never been a time in your life where you say, God, I'm tired of being king of my own life. Today, you get to be king of my life now and forever. If you've never made that conscious decision, the Bible says you're still separated from God, that you don't have a relationship with God, and until you make that decision, you're lost. But Jesus would say, come to me, you who are weary, and I'll give you rest. Whosoever calls on my name will be saved. Did you know that even if you're far from God, you're still called? He's calling you. He wants a relationship with you. And he wants to do mighty things in your life. As we stay in an attitude of prayer, as Tony begins to sing, you stand and respond. Holy Spirit, do your work. Do your work. In Jesus' name. Amen. Here is where I lay it down, every burden, every crown, this is my surrender. Let's all stand and sing that together as we're just continuing to make room for the Holy Spirit and wait on Him. If you're struggling with your faith, if you've been holding on to religion and you're missing that fire of God in your life, man, then now's your time. You come and taking that step of faith, I just believe, will begin to unlock those cold places in your heart. Whatever God is speaking and doing, now is the time. You respond to the Lord. Come on.
If you need healing in your body, you come on. I just hear the invitation for healing. Come on, you come forward and we'll pray for healing. feeling the Lord wanting me to share some testimonies of what Jesus has done for me when Chris was talking about the spirit of uh, prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Um, so I, I have not been back to vertical life in probably over a year. I was coming with my family and Janice knows um, it was a year ago in August. Um, I, we used, me and my husband used to drink um, pretty heavily. We 
when we started going out, it was just like a part of who we each were. And then um, pretty much every time we did anything, I mean, we were drinking almost every day. And then I was a stay-at-home mom, and there were days at 10, 11 in the morning, I would open a bottle of wine because I could just tell the day was going to be hard. I struggle with health issues. And um, so God really started stirring in me, like, if you're running to that before you run to me, that's an idol. Um, and so I started, it, what it required of me was obedience and basically to stop walking in rebellion. Um, I was hindering God's ability to move in me because I was flirting with the enemy. Um, and so I just, for me, that's been a big thing. Like rebellion has been a big thing for me and it's because I didn't know who God was he has sort of redefined who he is in my life. I thought I could do whatever I wanted, basically, and he just was like, eh, I, I love you, so it's okay. And that's not true. And it's, he does love us, obviously, but um, it's not okay when, when we blatantly go against the word of God. So it's been a year since last August, and my husband and I both have not had a single drop of alcohol. Thank you. It was, um, and it wasn't even hard. <laughs> it wasn't even hard. God just said it's going to happen, and it happened. And I just want you to know that um, it doesn't always happen overnight or in a moment. It requires perseverance and endurance, and it requires every time you want to turn to something else, you say no, and you turn to God instead. And, um, you know, I, I heard recently that when Jesus cursed the fig tree, you know, it was not withered in that moment, but it was like the next day, or I, I can't remember, don't quote me on that. It wasn't in the moment, um, but it was after that point that the tree was withered from the roots. So, you know, we want to see things happen right away, but sometimes it just doesn't hap that, happen that way. It requires faith and um, patience, a lot of patience, and God's going to work differently in everybody, but um, just seek him always first. He's got to be first, and then he can start lining things up for you. just want to continue in this attitude of prayer, and if you're a parent and you have small kids, I'd encourage you to 1230, if you can go relieve the nursery and kids workers you're welcome to come back in here as we pray and let the holy spirit move and work but we want to allow them an opportunity to come in as well but you just continue to respond if god's speaking to your heart man don't leave here the same don't don't miss another opportunity to be free and to be released of those burdens you come there's healing for you as we continue to sing i'm going to keep this uh, anonymous but i got a letter handed to me and I, I want to read it to you and it's um just let you know it, it i hope it encourages you as it encouraged me it says my people are sick and helpless weak and full of sin but i will deliver them from all their difficult uh, afflictions and diseases i will bring mercy to their souls i will release them from the stench of the enemy from the repulsion of of evil and sin Darkness will no longer be their covering, but they will be filled with the marvelous light. I will be their covering. Evil shall no longer be in their dwelling place. 
Satan will have no foothold in their life. The stronghold of the enemy on their lives will be released and they will be flooded with the breath of God. For you are choking in your sin, unable to breathe me in, my life, but I will fill you with my life, my holiness, my truth, because I love you and for my own namesake I will do it. For the sake of my son I will do it. For my church will be holy and will no longer live in their sin. My bride shall be holy. I will not be yoked to a harlot. Turn from your sin, return to me, for I am the loving bridegroom waiting for you to come to me as a spotless bride. It's encouraging, church. I just want to thank the anonymous person that wrote this. You know who you are. Thank you, and I, it encourages me. I hope it encourages you. I just want to give a testimony. Last week, Joey prayed over me because I had neuropathy in my legs and in my feet, and my feet were numb and tingling and felt like plastic. And also that they said my veins were corroded, and they wanted to do a test. Last week, I went to the doctor, and they said to me, everything is fine. You don't need the test. You're healed. 
I have trouble standing, so I'm just gonna sit. But I just wanted to say I I've been struggling with not my worship life. I worship comes easy to me. Um, that's the way I connect to God most. Uh, but my getting in the Word of God and being in His presence and just making that a habit and just seeking Him every day is a struggle for me and getting his word is a struggle for me and I just encourage you if you're there too you know um, we all struggle I mean I used to be so on fire for God I um, my life revolved around uh, the church it revolved around giving uh, being very generous um, and I just things happened in my life and it fell away from me and I just encourage you if you're like me and you're wanting to get back into the word and back into his promises and who you are and your strength, um, I'm right there beside you. And I just, I'm praying for you. And, um, and uh, I just encourage you today to just make it now because it now is as good a time as any. And um, uh, you can't just say, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. Um, that tomorrow never comes, you know. The time is now. You have to live in this presence, in the presence of God. And I just encourage you, if that, if you're like me, that you're struggling with getting in the Word of God and um, praying and just really seeking Him, that you join with me today as we make a commitment to to be in His Word and be in His presence. When I prayed this morning about how God works in mysterious ways, I didn't know what, what that meant, but he's told me that I need to share my testimony. Last couple weeks have been pretty difficult. Um, as most of you know, my mom passed, and uh, not last Tuesday, but the Tuesday before, I was, uh, it was my day off, and uh, I was just in worship, had YouTube on, was listening to some worship songs, and they called from the assisted living and said, um, she's declining, she's basically just in a coma, so if you want to see her before she passes, you need to come up and see her. So, uh, hung the phone up, and immediately the song comes on, Christ is your firm foundation. And so I just spent some time there, and I got dressed, and I went up to see her. And I was spending time with her, just talking to her. And the lady across the hall has a, her daughter comes and visit her quite a bit and would always come over and see my mom. And so uh, she came over and hugged me because everyone knew what was going on. And, you know, your mom's such a nice lady. And I just want to share something with you. She's been, the last two days before she uh, went into the coma, she kept saying that her father wasn't going to come pick her up. She was always, when she referred to her dad, it was dad or daddy. It was never father. So later in the day, I, I knew what it meant. God came and visited her and said, I'm coming to get you. 
So that gave me a lot of peace. It truly did. And we came back, and of course, Joey was here in the afternoon. I told him what was going on. He says, yeah, that's just awesome. God came and visited her and told me it's going to be all right. You're going to heaven. And uh, for the next three days, when I got in the car, didn't matter what time of day, first song, Christ is your firm foundation. Believe in it. Believe in it. And then I was able to actually eulogize her, which freaked out my family that I was able to get up there and talk about her. But I was at peace. I knew where she was, you know. It was difficult, but I knew where she was. It was just such a true blessing. And so then, you know, the week continues to go on. I went to, uh, I go to plasma, and I'm in plasma. I think, I, I said, I can't. I'm in plasma. I need to do doing something productive. I should be reading the Bible when I'm sitting here instead of looking at Facebook or whatever. So he guided me to Acts, and I started reading Acts. And I ended up with the last, the last chapter I read was about Stephen when he was picked as one of the disciples' helpers and how he was bold in what he did. He was always out there preaching. He eventually got arrested and then got stoned to death. And that's where I ended. I was done with plasma, and that's where my Bible verse ended that day. And I'm like, that's a weird ending. Um, so went on throughout the week, and uh, Friday I'm sitting at work, and my boss was off, and I get this text message from my boss's boss. This is a Friday. So like Janice and I were talking, you get a message on a Friday from your boss's boss, it's either good news or it's bad news. And so I acknowledge, yeah, I'll see you in the meeting. And I join the meeting, and my boss's boss's boss is there. Oh, no. <laughs> this is not good. And he says, hi, Scott, how's it going? Good, going good. And he could tell in my voice I was kind of freaking out because I didn't know what was going on. And Tanya, the, my boss's boss, shows up and proceeds to tell me that I've been picked for a new elite sales team with Huntington. And uh, just amazing. So that was my amazing news for the week. And then went to bed Friday night. And I had this weird dream that one of my friends called me and told me that my best friend had passed just died suddenly and it was weird I slept through that and I didn't wake up right away and I kept going on and all of a sudden I have a vision that I'm eulogizing him but I don't have the same peace I don't know if he's saved and I'm thinking you know and then, then I woke up at that point I woke up and then I'm freaking out about the dream so I got you know all day I'm trying to get discernment on what this meant. And it's like, finally it came to me, you need to be bold. Your friend's not going to stone you if, if you witness to him. He knows that he lo you love him, and you're doing it because you love him. So then I got invited by my friend to go to watch the football game last night, that evil full football game last night. <laughs> And uh, it was getting ugly, and so I went, I went in because I 
knew his wife before I knew him. I was best friends with her. And of course, she wanted to talk about my mom and how things had gone. And I didn't know where she was in her faith either. So I just laid it out. I said, here's what happened. Her father came and picked her up. She immediately started crying. Because she had been, she, her, her background was more of the religious side. They don't, they believe in the Holy Spirit, but not to the point where you're talking to the Holy Spirit. This was at 10 o'clock at night. We talked for four hours. Nothing about religion. I got to witness to her. I know where she's at now. So I feel comfortable. So my big thing about this is just be bold. Be bold. All they can say is no. I don't want to talk to you. They're still going to be your friend. Strangers are just going to say no. But it's the one that says yes. I want to hear more. Just be truthful to the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Well, you know, my desire is wherever God's at work is to stay there until he's done. And so... Um, if you are needing to leave, you're welcome to. We will only keep you past uh, our normal time, but um, we're just going to stay in this for just a little longer. I just feel like there's some things the Lord wants to share and uh, just want to allow the Spirit of God to continue to do what, what He's doing. Um, but just as I was in prayer there, um, I just felt in my heart, Isaac, um, I know, and I think it's important to say I know some things about Isaac. I know he's musical and creative and super cool and stuff, you know. But um, I just got a sense from the Lord. Are you, are you, do you have a burden on your heart? Are you trying to like experiment with like new things musically or are you like going back and forth with kind of like direction with that right now? Yeah, so I, I just felt like the Lord was saying that he's the one that's depositing that in your heart and that. As we were talking about in the scripture, it says, I make crooked paths straight. Like, I'm, you know, I, I carve the path for you to go. You know, the psalm says, I, the, the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. So God has things for you to do. I feel like that is from the Lord. And that whatever your mind's been set on, and I'm, that's how God wants you to start walking and pursuing. Because he's got something through that for you. So I don't know what's on the other side or, or how long. But I just feel like the Lord's just saying, encourage him to keep pursuing that thing. Because there's something that's going to grow from that. If that makes sense. Amen. Amen.
keep light in the darkness, my God, that is who you Hi, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to tell you how good God really is. My real name, my birth name, is Natalia Irina Andrelia Orlova. My mother, she couldn't handle the struggles in this world. She drank. She did drugs. She had three children already that had been taken from her and put into foster care. When she met my father, she came pregnant with twins, two girls, one named Victoria, born at five pounds, and one named Natalia, born at 4.5 pounds. I should not be here today. My family, they're in Russia, thousands of miles away. But God, he brought me here to this church 
He brought each and every one of us to this church because he loves you. He loves you so much. And all he wants is to see you grow and see your joy. He pours his heart out for each and every one of you, giving you grace every single day. But all you have to do is open your eyes. I tell people, you must see the good through all of the bad in order to get to the other side. This means when you're going through the fire, when you're going through the heartache, when you're going through the trials, you must see all the little good things or the depression will weigh you down. You must focus on God and God will give you his armor. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, please warm each and every one of our souls today. Give us strength, give us encouragement, give us wisdom, and give us your light. We need you, God. We need you so much. And we are so thankful for you. And we are thankful for your son. And we couldn't do it all alone in this world. All of the problems, all of the pain, we can't do it on our own. We need you. And I ask you to pour your son's blood over this church and over each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know who this is for or um, if it's for all of us or someone here in particular, but the Lord just deposited the scripture in my heart. And so I just want to read it. And it's such an encouraging thing because of what it symbolizes. In Isaiah 27.1, it says, In that day, the Lord with his hard and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he'll slay the dragon that is in the sea. 
The dragon and the serpent always represent the enemy. And notice he, he twists and he lies and he manipulates and he congeals. And so I don't, I don't know if there's someone here that's been battling a spirit of deception, um, been battling, uh, you know, if I say Leviathan and that strikes a chord in your spirit, like makes you uncomfortable, um, I just, I feel like that there is uh, deliverance that needs to take place in, in the name of Jesus. I just believe that, that there's some deception that's been brewing and that that twisting serpent is at the core of it. And I believe the Lord is saying, look, I'm going to break that serpent with the sword. And we know what the sword of the Spirit is. It's the Word of God. And I just believe the Lord is releasing this word that, Leviathan, your time is done. Your day is over. Your power has been broken. Your fate is sealed in the name of Jesus. And I just remind you of the, what the Lord says. We have overcome you by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I just speak to every twisting and fleeing serpent, every Leviathan spirit in the name of Jesus, every dragon. Uh, I command you in the name of Jesus to get out and to leave. And whomever you are plaguing and twisting and, and turning, I bind and rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I say, come out in Jesus' name. And we rebuke you according to the word of the Lord. And we declare freedom right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that we are not deceived because where the Spirit of the Lord is, God, you lead us into all truth. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, God, as you are untwisting that serpent, as you are breaking free, God, that you replace every lie with truth. Every lie the enemy has told, that you replace it with a truth from the Word of God. Every deception that's been brought into that, that person's life, that person's mind, every false belief, God, you begin renewing it right now with the renewing of the mind with the Word of God. You'd wash them with the water of your Word. God, we just proclaim your Word over we just proclaim it in the name of Jesus. We stand on it and we proclaim it. And we trust in every word that you've spoken. In Jesus' name. I just hear in my spirit, the Lord is just saying, don't resist the Lord. Don't resist the Lord. He's here for you. Deliverance is for you. Freedom is for you. Don't resist the Lord. Don't, don't keep falling back on old lies, old beliefs, old ways. That's the work of the enemy in your life. Don't resist the Lord. Trust Him. sing that chorus one more time. I just feel like we just need to declare who God is in this moment.
Yeah. King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the redeemer of Israel, the redeemer of your people. King of kings and Lord of lords. Let your idols go. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He'll direct your path. The one who is faithful has spoken and proclaimed it. Behold, I'm doing something new. Don't you see it? It's already begun. Yeah. You are the Lord. There is none like you. Yeah. Promise keeper, light in the darkness. The darkness will not overtake the light. You are the light of the world, Jesus. That is who you are. That is who you are.
God, there's so many names we could proclaim in this place. Not long ago, we were studying your names, and we just know, God, there are so many names, and so many we hold dear, Yahweh God. May we never forget who you are. May we never forget who we are because of who you are. May we never forget the amazing benefits and blessings that come to the children of God. May we never forget the one who's fighting for us, the one who you sent to deliver us, the one who's coming again in victory and power and glory, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. God, may we not come dull hearing or blind of eyes. God, may we be given sight and may we be given hearing, God, that we can stay in connected and in concert with your Holy Spirit this week. God, we don't want to leave here and what has happened here stay here. We want to take it with us, God. We want it to continue on, to amplify, to grow. God, fan the flame of revival in our hearts. God, what may have started as a small spark, God, fan it into a roaring blaze, all-consuming fire. We just declare this in the name of Jesus, God, that we will burn bright, that we will light up the darkness, God, that we will wage righteous war with the weapons of a heavenly might, God, and we just tear down every stronghold that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and against what you want to accomplish in us. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. God, we wait for you, and we just ask that you'd help us every day to wait on the Lord, to listen for your voice, God, to seek you in every circumstance and situation. God, realign our perspective to heavenly perspective. And God, let what you did in here begin to fill the streets out there. Mm. And God, we are hungry for what you have in store. And God, we just speak again for next week, Lord, as we continue to just stay in this attitude, this posture, and in this moment. God, that we would come and you would continue to reveal your glory as we testify of the good things Jesus has done. We will continue to praise until kingdom comes. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this. May we not forget it. May we not forget it when we get that call or we have that moment or we have that unexpected incident when we forget what we needed to remember when we fail at what we've tried so hard to succeed at, God, may we not forget what you're doing in us right here, right now. And we just thank you, Lord. We bless the people according to your word and in your name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may you be filled with his peace, beloved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Prayer night tonight at 6.30, where we continue to fuel what's going on in this room. Virginia has something, and then we'll be dismissed. Yeah. Just a few a little while ago, I was in the nursery with my grandson, and he was the only one I was with there in there with, and... We were sitting at the table looking at these little magnets, and he pointed, and he says, he said something, and he says, it's over there now. And I, I thought he was fooling around, but 
what if there was that maybe that orb or the Holy Spirit flying around in our in our nursery there? And if it was you, the Holy Spirit, thank you for visiting us. Thank you for blessing my children. They have minds that you that are open to see you. Just thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You want to know something cool, Virginia? This week, I was directed by the Lord to sit in the nursery and pray. And I prayed over that entire room. And the presence of the Lord came into that room, and it was just like moved me to tears. I'm telling you, God's at work. Come back next week. We don't know what's going on. From all of us at Vertical Life Church, we want to say thank you for listening. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to www.blchurch.tv forward slash give. Thank you.